morning, and peace be with you. I want to thank you all for the many prayers um, for Tracy and her sisters and family as on Friday we uh, commended uh, John and Kay um, to their uh, place of burial down at Miramar Veterans Cemetery in San Diego on, on Friday. And so thank you for your prayers on that. It was a uh, solemn uh, but very touching time. And um, it is uh, amazing that I don't have the words for one of the few times in my life to describe um, just the honor that is bestowed upon veterans in that, in that place. And the honor guard uh, was exceptional, and uh, it just was a reflection of a life, two lives well lived, but just really proud to be a part of these United States and to be proud of a family um, who have served this country. And uh, it is uh, amazing to see so many other families that uh, have that experience too. So anyway, thank you for that. I have, there are uh, announcements here in the bulletin that I'll let you read for yourself. I wonder if any of you took my challenge from last week to read the prayers. If you, if you did, then... Oh, you did? Wonderful! <laughs> and, you, and welcome back. It's good to see you. Um, <laughs> uh, and if you didn't, okay, we've still got another week. <laughs> and we'll check in on you next week, because I will. And then today... Um, you're going to hear me speak a little Greek. And so try not to laugh, because it's a real tongue twister. We're going to celebrate Jesus Christ as our Good Shepherd today. And without further ado, let us start with our opening hymn.
come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. 
We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. <clears throat> for the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. <clears throat> for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God, Alleluia, sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray.
Almighty God and merciful Father, since you have wakened from the death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit that when we hear the voice of our shepherd, that we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. And this can be found on page 1696 in the Pew Bible. This is part of Luke's historical account of the Acts of the Apostles, written about 30 years after Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. Luke was a companion of Paul's, so he, and he chronicles things very specifically and accurately. Acts 4, 1 through 12. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The second reading is Psalm 23, one that we are all familiar with, I'm sure. We'll read it responsibly. This is a psalm of King David professing joyful trust in the Lord, probably following deliverance from a very dangerous and life-threatening situation, probably one of many for David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The third reading this morning is taken from the first book of John, chapter 3, verses 16 through 24, and this can be found on page 1901 in your pew Bible. This is a letter from the Apostle John, the first cousin of Jesus in his old age, expressing God's grace to Christians in Greece, even as some locals began to spread doubt about Jesus. This occurred about 90 AD. 1 John chapter 3, beginning with the 16th verse. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ lays down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. shall we go you have the words of eternal life hallelujah the holy gospel according to saint john the 10th chapter glory to you o lord the holy gospel this morning does indeed come from St. John, chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, and is found on page 1666 in your pew Bible. John records, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep 
and he runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. When Jesus uses word pictures, like parables or metaphors or other figures of speech, he often represents God as someone eccentric, someone that isn't the norm of how we would expect them. In the parable of the sower, for example, the sower throws seeds everywhere, not just on good soil. And in the parable of the unforgiving servant, the king forgives a debt of 10,000 talents, which is just an unimaginable amount of money that was forgiven. In the parable of the vineyard, the owner pays everyone the exact same wage regardless of how long they worked. In the parable of the wicked tenants, the landowner sent his son to collect the rent from the tenants who had already killed his servants. These are just a few of the eccentric characters who represent God in Jesus' parables. Now today, we heard Jesus describe himself as the good shepherd. And we are so very used to hearing about Jesus as the good shepherd that we don't really, we don't truly examine what the 
good shepherd Jesus said about himself or about us. When we listen more closely, though, we discover that the good shepherd Jesus is a very eccentric shepherd. Now, Greek has more than one word that translates into good, into English. And one word for good in Greek is agathos, agathos. It means competent, professional, skilled, and so forth. The other word is kalo kagathos. Kalo kagathos. This word means this word means gentlemanly, noble, heroic, excellent, and so forth. So when Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd, he means that he is the excellent, noble, and heroic shepherd. He is not merely competent, professional, or skilled. This kind of shepherd would seem very eccentric to the average shepherd in the first century Israel. So let me explain. Shepherds in the first century Israel were not raising flocks full of beloved pets. No, they, they exploited the sheep. They used the sheep primarily for wool, for mutton, and for sacrifices. And the reason they watched over the sheep was not because they so loved the sheep, but because the sheep were their source of income, their source of living. They had families that needed food and clothing and shelter, and the sheep were the source of those things. So when a predator began stalking the flock, the sheep or the shepherd was not really concerned for the sheep directly. What he was concerned about, his motivation, was that the predator was trying to take food from his table and clothes off of his and his family's backs. The predator was affecting his income, which was affecting the family's ability to live. And when a shepherd was good or competent, his sheep were healthy so that they produced plenty of wool, or so that they gained plenty of weight. And when it came time to sell, to sell them for slaughter. Shepherds have always defended their flocks from predators. They don't do it because they love the sheep. They kill or drive off the predators because they want to provide for their families. And a shepherd 
might get killed by a predator, but it is an accident. And he does not go down without a fight. He most certainly does not willingly lay down his life for his sheep. We just heard Jesus describe himself as the good shepherd. That is, the noble, heroic shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's John 10, 11. Jesus described himself as the shepherd who loves his sheep by willingly surrendering his life for them. And this is what sets Good Shepherd Jesus apart from all other shepherds. Now, we can place all religions into one of two categories. All of these false religions teach self-salvation. They say you must do something in order to provide all or part of your own salvation. There are a wide variety of activities in these religions that a person can do to help get them there. They take the form of meditations or quests or self-punishment or fasting, or right thinking, or right talking, or self-improvement, or moral character, and on and on and on. But they all come down to, they all boil down to, you saving yourself. The true religion, Christianity, is the only religion where God takes on human flesh and then he declares that he will surrender his life in order to save his creation. And further, the regular plain vanilla economy class shepherd, who is merely a competent shepherd, cares for his sheep because of what he can get from the sheep. That is, food and clothing. But the good shepherd, Jesus, does not need anything from the sheep. He defends the sheep with his life simply because he loves his sheep. It is the good shepherd Jesus that loves his sheep and surrendered his life for them. For we are the sheep that he speaks of in his figure of speech, and we have powerful enemies. We just heard Jesus speak of a wolf. Now, let me ask you this. It's kind of silly, but it, it's true. Does it make 
Or does it matter how much time the sheep spends in cross fitness or in a martial arts dojo? Can a sheep become the karate kid with a little wax on and wax off? No, the sheep is not going to be able to take on the wolf. If the sheep has to defend itself, depend on itself, the wolf will have an easy meal. Now, the wolves that come after us are sin, death, and the devil. And sin, death, and the devil are in cahoots. They're allies. They come hand in hand. Death is the result of our sin. Paul writes, for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. That is one of the many sad facts of death. It is our sin that opened the door to let death into our world. And every time we make ourselves more important than God, that's sin. Anytime our feelings are more important than God's word, that's sin. Anytime we exploit our neighbor instead of loving him, that's sin. Anytime we refuse to forgive, that's sin. Anytime we listen to gossip, that's sin. Anytime we murder with thoughts of hate, that's sin. Anytime we want our way instead of God's way, anytime. We rationalize our sin. These are the ways that we open the door to this world and allow death and the devil to rule. It is as the Apostle Paul told the church in Rome, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. Romans 5.12. Death is one thing that we have in common with everyone. Everyone dies. Now our good shepherd Jesus said, he who is hired is a hired hand, and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming, and he leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them, and he scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand, and he cares nothing for the sheep. John 10, 12, and 13. With these words, he illustrates the value of false religions. As far as the false religions are concerned, when death comes, you're on your own. If the religion has an afterlife, then it teaches that you are judged by your own merit and worthiness. It's all about who you are and what you have done. If you have failed in this life, well, then too bad. So sad. 
And for the Hindus, it might be something like, well, better luck next time. Some false religions are so deceptive that they try to teach us that the wolf is our friend. Our current culture wants us to believe that the wolf of death is our friend. And then our current culture presents things like elective abortion, euthanasia, and assisted suicide as valid solutions to the problems of life. Permanent solutions to temporary problems, I would say. Okay, are you ready? Here comes the Greek. Kalo Kagathos, shepherd Jesus, on the other hand, he fought with sin. He fought with death. And he fought the devil. And he did it in a most unusual way. First of all, the heroic good shepherd, Jesus, became one of the sheep. That is, what Christmas is all about. That is, the Son of God took on human flesh. The Calocagathos shepherd Jesus was in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. So who ever heard of a shepherd becoming one of the sheep in order to save the flock? Truth is, the Calocagathos shepherd Jesus became one of us in order to battle sin, death, and the devil. And when the time came for the excellent shepherd Jesus to battle death, he gave death the home field advantage. He suffered and he died on a cross. And as he hung on the cross, our most excellent shepherd, Jesus, endured the eternal punishment that our sins deserved. And instead of leaving us to face the wolf of death by ourselves, he faced death for us. He faced the death of this world and the eternal death of hell. Good shepherd Jesus faced all this so that we can be sheep in his eternal flock. The good shepherd Jesus has a special message for us in the gospel that we just heard. He said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will Listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. John 10, 16. Since Jesus told these words to the Jews who were listening to him at that time, these words informed them that Jesus has sheep that are not part of the Jewish flock. That means that we, the Gentiles, are also sheep in his flock. The entire flock of the excellent, noble, and heroic shepherd Jesus is the holy Christian church that has both Jews and Gentiles in it. 
This means that the excellent, noble, and heroic shepherd Jesus laid down his life for all people in all times and in all places. Jesus, the excellent, noble, and heroic shepherd is for everyone. He laid down his life for you. The excellent, noble, heroic shepherd Jesus proclaimed that he will lay down his life for the sheep. And in the gospel, he said this many times as we work through this gospel. We hear him say it even more. He said, I lay down my life that I may take it up again. And no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. With these words, Jesus promised not only to lay his life down for the sheep, but he also promised to take it up again. It means that we know that he defeated sin with his death because death could not hold him in the grave. He rose from the dead and he said, I lay down my life that I may take it up again. And he kept his promise. Your shepherd, Jesus, your shepherd, Jesus, rose from the dead, and the disciples saw the holes of the nails in his hands and his feet. The resurrection of your good shepherd, Jesus, is the promise for your last days on this earth. The day will come when the wolf of death will eat you and me, but we will not stay dead. Instead, our good shepherd Jesus will come on the last day and bring us all back to life. And on that day, the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, Second Peter 3, 10. And then there will be new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, 2 Peter 3, 13. All of us, all of us who believe will come together as one flock. We will share in the joy of eternal bliss. We will share and all the blessings that the good shepherd Jesus earned for us when he laid down his life for us. And then we will live forever with him where there will be one flock and one shepherd. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to save our souls. Thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit to reside within us and constantly remind us of your love for us and to strengthen our faith in your saving grace, especially when trouble comes our way, as it often does. And Holy Spirit, please remind us to constantly, remind us constantly that whenever our plans seem to fall apart, our Holy Father seems absent or distant, that his plans are far greater than ours and perfect for us. Help us hold firmly onto our faith when Satan tempts us to hide from our Father in heaven. Lord God, you already know our earthly problems and concerns, whether violence between our citizens and children, corrupt, misguided, or ineffective government leaders, health problems, and the tragedy involving children and families on our national border. We're drowning in lies and deceit in our country in every direction we look, and we seem lost in a sea of evil. Please, Lord, help us to see the path to safety and guide us there. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us eyes to see and hearts to recognize the good in people and the kindness shown to strangers in spite of the news and social media sources that thrives and profits on hate and division. Help us also be kind to one another and throw off the anger and hate cloaking us. Please give us all wisdom in these United States that we can address our society's problems in the best way that pleases you. Lord and Savior, please heal our friends and family members who suffer and there are many, and remind us that we do not suffer alone. Thank you for sending your angels to sit by our side and for sending good friends who serve as your emissaries when delivering consolation and hope. We've witnessed your hand in their lives and actions, and thank you for opening our eyes to miracles. These Christian believers are powerful messengers who often make the difference between hope and despair. Please guard the hearts and minds of those who serve you, Holy Father. 
We give you thanks, Holy Father, for blessing us with a nation filled with the best opportunities in the world, the best medical and technological advancements known to mankind, and for charitable hearts that seek to share the many blessings you have bestowed upon us with others. Help us not to take these blessings for granted or assume that we deserve them. Please stand with us and help us defeat our enemies wherever and whenever they seek to separate us from your providence over our lives, whether outside or our nation's boundaries or within. We also pray for the sake of your faithful that you would not punish our nation as you did the Israelites many times for turning away from you and worshiping things other than you. We know the peril we bring upon ourselves and we plead for your mercy. Father, if you allow our nation to be divided and fall, as we may deserve, who will protect the weak and oppressed of the world? Please restore us and protect us and make us strong before our enemies. We now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Thank you especially and always for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption that all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death and by his rising has brought to us eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. 
Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Kalokagathas shepherd, most excellent noble shepherd, laid his life down for you. This is his true body and his true blood that he gave to you and for me when he said, take and eat. It restores you to life. It forgives your sins. It is the shepherd's good gift to you. If that's your confession, then you may be seated and you will be brought up by our ushers.
He loves us. And I'm going to say it one more time. It wasn't nails that held him there. It was his love for you and for me. And he knew in advance how we would act and be. And he did it anyways, out of love for you and for me. That's a pretty good shepherd, amen? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord make his face look upon you and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of